This episode is sponsored by Liminal, a free online series event coming up in August 16th to 20th to help women who are curious about ditching their current nine to five in search of something new. Coming from someone who is four years into their own startup, I wish this had been around in 2017 when I was very green and Googling, what does an account manager do? (laughs) Liminal is organized by Startmate, a powerful accelerator at the epicenter of startup ambition in Australia and New Zealand. If you're thinking about taking the leap into a brand new, exciting career, you'll end the week of Liminal, which features leading startup operators and coaches with a better understanding of how your skills and experience can translate into a startup job. I actually work at a startup job in sustainability, and there are just so many great opportunities out there. Startmate has helped more than 140 women land startup jobs in the past 18 months alone, and there are killer startups hiring now. Register for Liminal at startmate.com forward slash Liminal and get ready to dive headfirst into the world of startups minus the Silicon Valley Boys Club vibe. Your dream job could be just around the corner. This is Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. It's just another day in lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to make up heaps of songs that go with lockdown. (laughs) I mean, what else do you need? I, for a while, had... (laughs) Literally was singing to myself, we're in a lockdown to Electric Avenue (laughs) over and over again for like a solid week. It works with so many songs. It works with so many songs. How are you going over there in Marrickville? So far away. So far away, just outside the radius, annoyingly. (laughs) 200 (laughs) metres. Yes, I'm all right. I've been having lots of fun in our Instagram and I wanted to just shout out to our Instagram account at Highly Enthused because if you're not following the conversation there, there's actually a lot happening. It really is. It's busy every day. Yeah, it's kind of the place where you, dear listeners, recommend stuff to us and to each other and it's so cool. So we get a lot of DMs about the same things. Like people tend to be looking for similar themes at the same time. So there's been a lot of questions around what they should buy their friends in lockdown, little gifts that can like make their day. So Instagram is where we kind of like throw you the baton to tell us what you recommend to answer all these pressing questions and you all have excellent taste. So it's like a really fun place to be. I've been having lots of fun conversations in the DMs. Um, I was searching for like rugs high and low for someone <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> um, if what you want is more recommendations, that's where to go. It's pretty fun. But apart from that, um, yeah, you know, haven't been that bad, I guess. <laughs> Trying to muscle through the next month or two months or three months, but it'll be all right. How about you, Sarah? Well, look, I'm going to be real for a second. So we're recording this just a few days after they announced that our lockdown in Sydney is going to get extended by another four weeks. And like, I've been pretty good, like in leaning into the silliness and the like ridiculousness of it. But um, I will be completely honest when that announcement happened, I like really hit a low point. Like I just had a really shit bad day really low energy, depressed, all of the above. And I just wanted to like acknowledge that because, you know, we tend to try and keep things positive here. And like, I do try to have a positive mindset on things, but I just wanted to acknowledge that sometimes it's like really shit. Um, And there are really bad days. So if you're in lockdown anywhere around the world right now, and you're finding it difficult to stay positive, I just wanted to say, I feel you. And I get it when even like 
the online treat purchasing and snacks and all your various coping methods aren't helping, sometimes you just have to climb into the bathtub and just write it off as a bad day and just like accept that nothing's going to make you feel better. You're just going to feel cranky. It's like, you know, when you realize you have PMS and you just have to like accept that you have PMS and like everything's going to make you angry. Oh, totally. I let myself have that shitty day and then I woke up the next day and was like, okay, I'm okay. I can do it. I can do another day. I can, I can make it through. And I felt a lot better since then. So I just wanted to like have that moment and then I'm gonna not going to talk about it for the rest of the episode. But other than that, I mean, right now I'm three glasses of wine into my Friday night. So I'm feeling fine. I'm feeling good. Woo! Well, do we want to talk about Japanese curry blocks or what? I've never wanted to talk about anything more. Please take it away. Curry blocks. Those are two words that you could get to know, folks. (laughs) Um, We have been eating Japanese curry like once a week. Scott is going through this obsession with it and I'm here for it because I just, it's delicious. And I mean, if someone wants to hand you a plate of homemade Japanese curry, you're not going to turn that down. No, you're not. And you look, it's it's erring on the border of not homemade because <laughs> um, it comes in. Sorry, let me start from the beginning about Japanese curry. Something that I discovered on my search about this product is curry flavors were introduced to Japan by the British Navy in the 19th century. Did not know that. Um, And now there's like Japanese curry flavors all over town (laughs) in Japan. I'm just imagining the Wikipedia deep dive you fell down looking at. Here we are, Japanese curry. Curry, enjoy. It's a pretty ubiquitous flavor in Japan. You can get it with like ramen, noodles, or just as this sort of gravy over katsu. And that's the way we usually have it. So there's a few different brands. Most of them come in like, it's kind of like a stock cube for curry sauce, if that makes sense. So it's like a compressed block of roux, like it's like the starting base for your curry that you add liquid to and then it like becomes a really delicious silky sauce. So almost like a really concentrated laksa paste, like similar premise. Yeah, except like dry and crumbly and then you just like add it. It's Mm. not like in a jar, it's in a block. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's quite fun. So you can obviously make it. Hence the name Curry Block. (laughs) Curry Block. (laughs) So you can obviously make it from scratch, but these are just insanely convenient and a bit fun. The one we had, which is the Vermont brand, has a touch of apple and honey in it. And it's awesome. You basically simmer it with some sliced carrot, onion, some potato and peas if you want. And then you just pour it over some rice, Japanese pickles, and like a perfectly crumbed chicken you prepared earlier, obviously. Obviously. And it's the, really the perfect winter meal. Like it's pretty mild, this brand. It's not super spicy. It's just really like curry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it has I do. a strong curry <laughs> flavor, but it's not spicy. Um, it's really comforting. It's just like silky and rich and you can just keep it in your pantry for years. <laughs> When the mood strikes. Just a decade. Keep it in there. Exactly. So you can get an Asian grocer's look out for the Vermont brand. Yum. Yum. I've been craving it. Japanese food is one of those things that I've craved a lot. Like I've been ordering a lot of tempura because I'm not going to make it. And it's delicious. Yum. It's so good. Good tempura is very delicious. Truly. All right. What so have you been eating? My rec is a double whammy of a recommendation. You're going to get a delicious risotto recipe and a super dreamy Instagram follow. So the recipe is for a Cavallo Nero risotto. It manages to combine both that pure, delicious comfort food 
and the health factor of a green smoothie, kind of, by just like packing it full of greens. And I found this recipe via a listener of the pod, Jenna. Um, She posted it on Instagram and she linked to the Instagram account where she got it from, which is a very handsome farmer in the UK named Julius Roberts, who is no relation, but who runs this account called Telltale Food. Now, you literally sent me one of the photos when you saw his account and were like, what the hell? We are talking a curly mop of hair. He has what my mum calls come to bed eyes. I have not inquired as to why she has that phrase, but she has it. <laughs> um, and he occasionally posts selfies where he is holding baby goats. Baby goats. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, is it too much? Maybe? Or is it just the right amount? I don't quite know, but it's not enough. Like I want more. <laughs> I want more curly mops. I want more baby goats. I want more risotto. Yeah. From this guy. I it's, want it all. It's just like, along with being very, very photogenic and handsome and like out of a magazine. He also is unfortunately a very talented cook because like he has it all. He's like a quadruple threat. Um, and he writes up delicious recipes. And so this is the first one I've made from his page, but I'll definitely be trying some more out. And it's it's actually pretty classic. You make a pretty standard basic risotto recipe with butter and oil, onion. Like it's it's nothing. If you've made a risotto before, you can follow his recipe. But then you actually stir through this puree you've made from Blanche Cavallonero that you just whiz up in a food processor. I have a Nutribullet and I just use that. Um, and then you stir that through at the end along with like a significant amount of parmesan and butter. Mm. And then the real trick is that you top it with this garlic and lemon oil that you make by grating a garlic clove into lemon juice and you just kind of let it steep while you let the you sort of do the rest of it and it kind of takes the edge off the garlic then you mix through some rich delicious olive oil at the end and pour it over and it just has this really addictive zing like I just kept wanting to spoon more on at the end and it just is I think key to making this recipe delicious it's just like it has this, it's very soothing and comforting. You've got the green kind of chlorophyll flavor from the Nero, which makes you feel like you're eating something healthy. And then you've got that acidic tang at the end from the oil. And it's just very Moorish. I ate a significant amount of it. It was, I made enough for a lot of people and I definitely ate more than one serve in one go, but with no guilt because it was delicious. Yeah, this guy, he has delicious food on his Instagram and he knows how hot he is for sure. He's like, oh, it's raining. Oh no, I'm going to get wet and I'm going to bring my baby goat into my land cruiser and I'm going to sit here dripping curls, laughing at the camera. Oh, <laughs> like, come on. It's too much. It's too, in real life. I'd probably hate him, but it's not real life. It's Instagram and I love every second of it. So I don't please. hate it. I want more. I'm just like, you know, you know. <laughs> You know what you're doing to you us. Just, you know exactly what you're doing, Julius <laughs> Roberts. And the fact his name is Julius. Who names their kid Julius? Anyway, <laughs> so that is the Cavallonero Risotto by Telltale Food. We will obviously link to it in our newsletter that you can sign up to at highlyenthused.substack.com. Oh, beautiful intonation there. Thank you. It's I've had a lot of time alone speaking to myself. <laughs> okay, what have you watched or read or listened to this week? I have a really good movie that I absolutely loved from Amazon Prime, which I rented, but it's definitely worth the $4. 
So it's called Minari. So it's been on my radar for a while because it picked up a bunch of awards at the Golden Globes, including Best Actor in a Supporting Role for the little like six or seven-year-old in it, Alan Kim, who has the most incredible acceptance speech. He just bursts into tears. He's so cute. Um, Anyway, so it's about... A Korean family who are based in the US who moved to Arkansas so the dad can finally have his dream of creating a farm growing in Korean ingredients because you feel like that market is totally underserved in this part of the country. They don't have any money. They have, they're completely skint. The mum and dad work at a chicken hatchery separating male and female chicks and the house they move into is cozy at best, leaky and might blow away in a storm at worst. To cope with this pretty unideal situation, the mum calls her mother to move over from Korea to live with them and help look after the children while they're separating these chicks at a chicken farm. (laughs) And what ensues is this hilarious, sweet, charming, like to and fro of a relationship between the little boy, Alan, or Alan Kim is the actor who's yeah, seven or eight in the film and his grandmother who's never met and who he thinks is like totally un-American and like way too Korean. And she takes the piss out of him all the time. And they just, have these crazy crazy time together it's funny and touching and heartbreaking there's just this moment at the end where it all just kind of falls apart but then comes back together and it's sweet and really made me want korean food there's lots of good korean food in it and yeah it's just a beautiful film like i i really really loved it i haven't watched a foreign film i feel like in ages and this really like scratched that itch of a foreign film that feels remote but is still really funny and relatable and and excellent. So, yeah, that's Minari on Amazon Prime. You do have to rent it. It's not with the streaming service, but it's definitely worth it. Look, I'll probably watch it this weekend. I won't lie. You know, something it's it's been on my list for ages and I enjoy watching a film with subtitles because it means I can't look at my phone. Exactly. That is a real perk. Real perk. Have to pay attention. No second screening. What about you? What have you been consuming? Okay. So I listened this week to an episode of Radiolab called The Queen of Dying. And look, I realize I sound like a total downer. But it was this or a 400-page book about the opioid epidemic. So I thought this was a little bit more accessible. (laughs) So this is, as I said, the most recent Radiolab episode. And I listened to Radiolab religiously like quite a few years ago, probably like, God, like eight or nine years ago. And then I kind of fell off the bandwagon with it. But I've recently gotten back into it, um, especially over this lockdown, because they're just like these most beautifully – crafted episodes they're long this one's like an hour the sound design is always amazing like Jad Abenrod is obviously an amazing producer he did the Dolly Parton um oh yeah series epic and he's like an incredible sound guy as well like really into and they, they really play with like how music and other sound can kind of work as part of it it's almost like radio and audio is a skill that requires training and experience <laughs> So this episode is about this woman named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who is the psychologist who is best known for creating what we know as the five stages of grief. So if you've ever heard of like denial, anger, bargaining, uh, depression, acceptance, that's the kind of classic five stages. Um, She is the psychologist who came up with this. So the episode is 
like quite incredible. It's like a real journey. So the producer who sort of is the lead on this episode is this young woman who is making the episode because she lost her mum when she was really young, around six. And she, you know, really struggled with that grieving process as she kind of grew up. And then she discovers or someone introduces her to the concept of these five stages of grief, which she finds really helpful and illuminating. And then she kind of also, as time goes on and she realizes her grief doesn't fit within these stages, she finds it super frustrating and, and irritating and kind of gets mad at them. And that kind of triggered her research into like who even came up with them? Like where do these fucking five stages of grief even come from because they're bullshit? And that leads her to discover Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who was the psychologist who came up with it. But what she kind of breaks down in this episode is how originally these stages of grief weren't about people who were grieving the loss of someone, but were actually the stages of grieving that terminally ill people go through. So it's about the process of these people who find out they're dying and like what they go through as they kind of come to terms with it. So that's kind of the setting of it. And it's just a really great kind of profile of this really phenomenal woman, super ahead of her time, really groundbreaking. She's super charismatic, sparky, like just this incredible woman and lots of really great audio of her doing lectures about it and kind of almost transforming the concept of how palliative care and how, how dying was treated in hospitals um so that's sort of the first act but it has this kind of amazing three-act structure which I think helps it's like an hour long and so you go through all these amazing twists and turns like the second act she sort of learns more about the life and work of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and like it's a very complicated legacy and she you know she's this incredible woman but she's not like she's a bit messy and her story isn't like an easy one. It's not as clear cut as you might think. And then the final act is this sort of unexpected turn and is honestly one of the most moving uh, pieces of radio I've ever heard where she ends up having this series of really intimate conversations with a man who is terminally ill um, with pancreatic cancer. And she sort of has like one interview with him like as part of this process of, of doing this episode, but then slowly just starts calling him like every week or every couple of weeks and asks them these, him this really amazing series of questions about like what he's going through as he's kind of navigating the process of dying of, um, of cancer, which sounds really depressing, but honestly is just so beautiful and so moving and he's so open and honest and it's just like just incredible radio basically and like Mm. so unexpected to sort of listen to um, and not where you expect the episode to go. So I've obviously spoiled the twist at the end there but I just think if you're looking for something that, you know, is – is a bit more serious, not as quite like light as some other podcasts you may listen to are, but just say you're about to go on one of your long walks, <laughs> your state mandated exercise walks, or even if you've just got like a whole bunch of chores you need to get done around the house, I really recommend it. So the episode is called The Queen of Dying done by Radiolab. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Um, and yeah, check it out. I was really moved by it. Wow, that sounds amazing. Did you did you think about those stages when you were enduring your grieving process? Uh, I definitely, I kind of read about them and then also read like a lot of people were like, ignore them, they're full of crap, like <laughs> they're not right. Um, but I definitely, I think what I found very moving about the conversations that she has with the, the terminally ill uh, gentleman is just like, how he had reached, he's reached this state of acceptance and how he talks about it. And just like, you know, that doesn't always happen for people who are, um, are terminally ill. Mm. So I found that very moving, um, to see what it would be like Mm. to actually get to that, to that stage as part of that process. But yeah, it was just, 
the whole thing was just like really beautiful and like made you really like, oh, life. (laughs) It's hard and messy and we just do our best. Let's do a quick tonal shift. What is your do or buy? Do or buy? Do or buy? Uh, my do or buy, it's a buy that turns into a do. <laughs> As all the best buys do. <laughs> buy this thing to do this thing. So this is something that I tried and would 10 out of 10 try again, turning off the TV and playing a game. <laughs> 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 it's like we're primary school kids again. <laughs> I know. If you happen to be living with someone or you're in a single bubble, I don't play heaps of games, but my sister is the games gal in the family. I think my mom said to me recently, she was like, you don't play games, do you? <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> you either do or you don't. You're like a puzzle person or a board game person or you're not. It's just, it's a personality thing. Exactly. Um, But I didn't, I was like shopping around online for something to buy for my husband, like in amongst the lockdown activities, that would be fun. And I didn't realize that the Iconic sells games, but they do. So get some clothes, get a game to go with it. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not going to leave the house anytime soon. Anyway, this game is called Suspend. It's by a maker called Melissa and Doug. And it's kind of a cross between pick up sticks and Jenga, but suspended in the air. <laughs> that is very difficult to visualize. <laughs> yes. So you give it all these like long squiggly metal rods of different lengths and they each have a color on the end of them mm-hmm. and a long stand, like all made out of metal rods with a hook on the end. Mm-hmm. Each of the rods, they're kind of squiggly. They have like little divots where you can hang them off other rods. Okay. But they're all different lengths. So they're all different weights. And then the aim of the game is to one by one, you ha- you roll a die, which has a color on it. Whatever color you get, you have to start with that rod and place the rod on the hanger. Mm-hmm. So then you end up hanging all the rods off all the other ones and kind of like build into this massive like mobile like structure that could topple at any point. <laughs> I am visualizing so hard right now, like the concentration on my face as I'm like stand, rods, colors, dice, hang them <laughs> off each other. Okay, yeah, I think I've got it. <laughs> yeah, so it gets more precarious and more precarious as you move along because the weight is like all unevenly distributed and you're like if you hang one thing, it changes the whole gravity of the whole thing. And it's just really fun and it feels a bit like mathematical and scientific. <laughs> Keeping the mind sharp, keeping the mind sharp. I like it. Yep. Yep, exactly. But it's kind of silly and hard and it was just really fun. We played it for like a solid hour um, over pizza and wine for Scott's birthday and just so many lols. It was really good. (laughs) I'd also never seen this game before. Like I feel like there aren't many games where you haven't ever heard anyone talk about it or like seen it anywhere or tried to play it like at a party or Mm. whatever. It was just totally new to me and I saw it online. I was like, that looks really fun and it was awesome. And, look, we all need little activities to get us through this lockdown. <laughs> or even if you're not in lockdown, it's actually a really funny dinner party game. Um, I feel like you're having dessert, you're having a little bit of, like, the dregs of the bottles of wine. You just – the conversation is, like, maybe petering out a tiny bit. You need an activity. This is what you got to play. It's really fun. So it's called Suspend and – I'm sure you can get it other places, but if you want convenience, you can get it at the Iconic. I'm literally Googling it right now and adding it to my cart. <laughs> so 
it's so fun. It's such a good activity. Like we spend a lot of time watching TV and this was, yeah, a really nice break from that. Great. And also apparently using maths. Okay. So I have been like mostly not buying clothes in the past few weeks because I wear the same pair of jeans and rotate like three jumpers around. Um, because that's all, I mean, even wearing jeans, I feel like I'm doing a lot. But I had been eyeing off this jumper that I purchased this week for a little while and then it came back into stock and I just took the plunge and splurged and purchased it. So it's by um, one of my secret favorite shops to buy things from, which is Assembly Label. I think you've Mm -hmm. talked about some of their jeans before and I have jeans by them as well. They're just a really good brand for like staples that are like really considered and really reasonably priced and they're just like good classic clothes that you can mix and match with everything I love their jeans the, their so jeans good. are amazing um and I this is so this is their knitwear that's the Jude wool knit and I got it in the oatmeal color and uh not just by complete coincidence I also bought it off the iconic <laughs> Um, so it belongs in a category that I have christened soothing knitwear, like soft, fuzzy, fuzzy, minimal, simple, clean. If I was to ever be organized and minimal enough to have a casual wardrobe, like I feel like this would be like a piece that would make the cut. So it's oversized and kind of boxy through the body and it's got a funnel neck, which I really like. And it's the oat colored wool jumper. So it's just this kind of like creamy light beige color and I've honestly worn it like three or four days this week (laughs) it's just really comfortable look with all assembly label I will say their sizing tends to run large so I would size down in it but it's just like super cozy and comfortable and it's reasonably priced it's made from wool no synthetics and it manages to be like as comfortable as if you're wearing loungewear but it really gives off the impression of being pulled together when you're on a zoom call Mm. like I'm a big fan of the funnel neck because it does the same kind of vibes as a turtleneck, but it doesn't do the itchy rub against your chin, which yes. I sometimes find with like a proper turtleneck. Like there's a time and a place for it, but sometimes you just get that like scratchy wool against your face, which isn't lovely. It also comes in two other colors in this beautiful caramel color, which I also tossed up at getting, um, and that's in stock on their website. And then it comes in the oat that I bought and a lovely dove gray, um, and both the oat and the dove gray are available on the Iconic, which is where I purchased mine. And now it's time for Fast The Fast Five. Fast Five. Okay, so number one is a recommendation from an awesome listener, Elise. Thank you for recommending this to us. This is such an original, beautiful, nostalgic, sunny, fictional podcast from ABC's Radio National called The Fitzroy Diaries. Ooh. Have you heard about it? I have not. I have not dived into our DMs thoroughly enough, obviously. Oh, my God. You would love this so much. It's so the kind of thing that you love, like micro descriptions of like tiny vignettes of people and places. Sign me up. So it's such a beautiful escape. Each episode is a narrated little journey into the streets of Fitzroy in Melbourne, which if you don't know is this melting pot clash of cultures, old and new, young and old, rich and poor. The whole shebang is in Fitzroy. This character presents these little vignettes into life there from like these wild conversations with her neighbours to recollections of her childhood, like weird run-ins with characters on the street and in the shops. She's kind of like walking around with a new baby, so has lots of time, like doesn't have much on her plate. 
And it's this awesome pre-pandemic snapshots of what like community life is like or what it used to be like. Like you're walking around, (laughs) you say, hey, you stop, you have conversations to people, you know, you duck into shops. It's kind of like the fuck around. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the fuck around. (laughs) That we like so much except like hyper observational. And the writing is insanely good. Like it's just so detailed. She has this amazing – description of this party that's going on in the neighborhood there's all these like foil covered plates and pavlova and like grandmas and children and she describes it all in perfect detail and then she talks about someone just sitting there eating pistachios and how like you can't eat pistachios without looking like quite relaxed because you have to shell them and (laughs) you also look a little bit lazy and also like a bit of a farmer who's like quite friendly (laughs) and approachable like she has this epic descriptions it's so good I'm only a few episodes in of season one but there's two series I think it's won a bunch of awards and it's just epic each episode is only like 15 minutes so it's really good that is the Fitzroy Diaries on ABC Radio National it's not a podcast you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts wherever you're listening to this podcast you can find it there (laughs) number two is something my sister's been begging me to talk about on this podcast because it's something that I just continually rebuy one of these I don't know why I've never mentioned it but it's yeah one of the consistent beauty products that I constantly rebuy from mecca i think i'm on my like sixth pot now wow which isn't that often because the pots are like fucking 40 mils and they run out (laughs) so fast i'm like what is wrong with you please make a hundred mil jar like what is the problem (laughs) anyway it's from the brand cores it's the wild rose moisturizing and brightening cream Cores is a Greek brand. Have you used it? Anything from them? Uh, I think I've used one of their masks or one of their moisturizers before, actually. I think I bought it when I was in Greece, actually, many, many years ago. Authentic. Many years ago, like 12 (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Yeah, they have a couple of products that have like Greek yogurt in them. Like they sound really nice. Anyway, my kind of skin is the kind of skin that's like oily dry like combination it needs moisture but it can't have too much or be too thick or it just like breaks out Mm, so this moisturizer has a really nice gel like consistency like it's not super creamy it's really light but it's not thin it's still really luscious it smells like rose which can be grandma like but this has just real freshness to it which i really like it's just really good um but yeah my only gripe is that the pot is just way too friggin' small like 40 mils it's just not big enough. It's tiny. <laughs> it's waste packaging. <laughs> but apart from that, it's a beautiful product. So that's the Cora's Wild Rose Moisturizing and Brightening Cream from Mecca. Okay, number three is more cocktails in the mail. I don't think I can go back to a time when we don't get cocktails delivered, frankly. No, this is like the biggest silver lining <laughs> of the pandemic. It is the height of civilization that we needed to reach and I'm glad that we finally have we're at the peak we're at the peak it's only downhill from here (laughs) ain't that the truth anyway I'm a big Bloody Mary fan we tend to drink them basically anytime we're out to breakfast and that place is licensed Rising Sun Workshop is a really great ramen restaurant inside a motorcycle workshop in the back streets of Newtown such a good spot and along with one of their DIY ramen kits which was very excellent we planned ahead for the next morning and ordered one of their Bloody Mary mixes which serves two and it's all ready to go you don't need to add vodka it's like chuck it in the fridge and boom you're ready it's really 
dark and really spicy and that's because it has kimchi juice in it. Of course it does. <laughs> which is like very fermenty and really good. It's a little bit funky. I don't know. If you don't enjoy kimchi, then you might not like this, but I enjoy it and I think it's a great addition. Um, if you're in Sydney, you can get it delivered to your house via Rising Sun Workshop's bottle page or if you're elsewhere, add some kimchi juice to your Bloody Mary and see what happens. You might discover Just experiment. some magic. Experiment. It's really good. Okay, number four is, oh, posters by Alice Eyre. So that's O-E-H-R. I discovered these on a hunt for non-cliche artwork for our baby room. Mm-hmm. There is so much crap out there, like for nursery art. It's That all... doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me. No, not well, – okay, there's not so much crap out there. There's just not enough good stuff <laughs> is another way of looking at it. The proportions Original... are off. <laughs> yeah, it's just like too cute and cartoony and just like really cliche. And I was discussing this with one of our listeners on Instagram in the DMs, which is where I spend all my time. And it's just, yeah, it's so true. It's really hard. It's a really like tough area (laughs) to nail, I found. (laughs) Anyway, one of my recommendations for cool artwork for kids' rooms is Alice Eyre's poster series. They're really sick, colorful prints of slices of cake, like really kind of abstract fruit bowls, beautiful Australian natives in these like really graphic, bold prints, tablescapes of like um, cool stuff on a table. (laughs) Um, Does what it says on the tin. Yeah. (laughs) Vegetables, like oranges with flames coming out of them, just like really epic original stuff. They're A2, so they're quite nice and large and she can frame them if you like. But, yeah, don't spend hours trolling Etsy. Just get these. They are really awesome. Okay, I'm looking at these and I have to say, like, I don't really think these are even just, like, kids' artwork. Like, I would no, they're not. happily put these in my house. Oh, totally. Like, they're not – she's not marketing them as kids' posters. I just think they would go really nicely in a kid's room. Yes, I can see – I can see that. Yep. Who doesn't love cake? <laughs> Who doesn't love cake? Friendly slice of cake on the kid wall. Very, very good. So, yeah, you can get them on Alice Eyre's website. That's Alice O-E-H-R. And number five is – okay, sorry. I feel like all my recommendations this week have been born from conversations in the DMs. <laughs> um, that is fine. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, it's really hard to find, like, cool, well-made, well-priced rugs – I went cheap once and the result was not cozy underfoot. It was Mm -hmm. very bad. Scratchy, real scratchy. (laughs) Anyway, Good Space is a Melbourne-based vintage furniture seller and they've just released their own range of checker print rugs. And I feel like checker print is really in right now. It is having a moment. It is having a real moment. First the oven mitt, now the rug. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they're super cool. They're made in Morocco. They've got great colors like emerald green and royal blue and mustard. And they're really well priced. They've got three different sizes. So there are cheaper options as well. But, yeah, really cool. Check out studiogoodspace.com.au. I just got this image of me, like, coming to your house for the first time post-lockdown and you opening the door and it's, like, everything. Thing is checker print I know. Like, every like you open the door and it's just like boom 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 everything checker print i know because i actually have a checker print floor i know <laughs> just everywhere you look there's just no other print like you've wallpapered the house in it and i actually was looking <laughs> at a checker print shower curtain the other day <laughs> 
<laughs> you're just gonna have it like tattooed like oh i can't i look forward to watching your descent into madness continue <laughs> <laughs> i didn't end up buying it because it was only like it was quite cheap but the shipping was like 45 dollars or something and i was like i have my limits no i'm not buying that uh, anyway. give, it, give it six weeks and you'll have that shower curtain <laughs> fully okay what have you got for me so from it okay look before i dive into my fast five i have to make an official correction to our episode last week or the other week where i st- stated that my um parents purchased me the fish spatula um it was in fact my sister claire who bought me the fish spatula she was irate Aww. in the family chat she's like mom doesn't even know what that is and my mom's like i don't know what that is um and she was very cranky she didn't get the credit as she is the chef and obviously was the one who purchased that for me so i'm sorry claire i'll never forget the presents you bought me again um Did you so, request that? like it's such a random present sorry claire. Think, i'm sure it's great but like why uh, what i tend to do is i give them like my like wish list of random shit i've collected in a note and i'm like here's 20 things i'd be happy to receive and then i just send it off to them and I think it was on there and she got it for me because she knew it would be the best present anyway that's my random official correction now let's dive into my fast five okay my first one is it's a Mirasota recipe Mm. look I know I bang on about Mirasota a lot here at highly enthused headquarters but this recipe is a total banger it is her dry fried beans with minced tofu. So if you've ever been to like a dumpling restaurant and you've had those really delicious like wrinkled scorched green beans that they serve with the spiced minced pork. Oh yeah, the wrinkleness, yep. Yeah, and they're like they've obviously been cooked at like really high heat with not much oil and so they kind of shrivel and are like delicious. So these are exactly like this but they're vegan. Mm. So she replaces the pork with minced shiitake mushrooms and tofu and honestly it's it tastes almost exactly the same. Like the texture is slightly different but it hits every single one of the taste notes that you want it to hit. Um, so my only tweak to the recipe is that I hand slice the tofu cause I couldn't get the extra firm tofu. Um, and I don't have a food processor, just a Nutribullet. So I was like, I don't really want it to be a tofu paste, but it like, that took like two seconds. Um, and other than that, it's just like, it's so easy. It's like Szechuan pepper, chilies, the soy. It's just so good. Yeah. So good. And just serve it over some white rice. Total winner. So that is on the Guardian website, the Mirasota dry fried beans with minced tofu, um, a great, delicious vegan midweek meal. Mm-hmm. The second one is a current um, newsletter obsession that I've signed up to recently. It's called the Perfectly Imperfect Newsletter. And this is kind of like a Gen Z New York focused email only version of our Fast Five. Ooh. So twice a week, you get a inbox hit with five idiosyncratic recs from these like uber cool New York scene kids. Like they're so cool. I look at them and I'm like, all of your outfits are ugly and you look so hot somehow. <laughs> like that kind of vibe. Yeah, Gen Z's. Yeah. Um, like one of my fave was um, an email, was a, sorry, one of my faves was the issue with um, the designer from Doosan Doosan, which is like brand that does like really cool homewares and, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and it included the, like the following three recommendations. Sun in, axolotls as oh house pets God. and the color teal. <laughs> Like they were three of her recommendations. Yeah, she really rates it. She said it makes it makes her hair look naturally sun kissed. 
I mean, I'm sure it's come a long way since like, you know. Are we sure? I don't know. Back in the Give day. me another six weeks and I may try it just for fun, just to feel something. Um, so that is the perfectly don't. imperfect. I mean, I don't go outside that often, so it wouldn't really work. Um, so that is the perfectly imperfect newsletter. Number three, I also have a skincare choice because that is something I have been splurging on because my face Ooh. is, you know still something I can work on. So I <laughs> I have been having some like, I'm going to be honest, like some seriously bad hormonal triggered mask exacerbated breakouts on my chin and around my mm, mouth. Me too. I think it's like a combo of hormones, stress, the masks, dry winter weather, like heaters, probably not eating as well as I should be, just like the whole combo. And this um, product, it's the Ball, the Paula's Choice BHA Perfecting Lotion. It's a salicylic acid lotion um, that you just like swipe over your face with a cotton pad after you've cleansed, sort of like a toner, um, before you do the rest of your skincare routine. I tend to use it as a targeted treatment over the problematic parts of my face. <laughs> I say that like there's just one part over like my chin, the bits that are breaking out. And I found it's particularly good for like when you have those like blind, sore pimples that you like feel coming up like a few days before they really emerge and you can just like you kind of worry at them with your fingers like those ones. It Mm -hmm. just sort of calms those down and kind of breaks it all down. It hasn't like completely cured the issues but I've definitely felt like it's better because I've been using it. Don't you just feel that Paula's Choice is just the worst name for a brand? Oh, it's atrocious. The branding is definitely better than it used to be. But it does have this kind of very soothing pharmacy adjacent feel to it, I think. Anyway, aside, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> Give them it. Send them that feedback, Soph. Give them that. <laughs> Change the name. <laughs> so that's Paula's Choice BHA Perfecting Lotion. And it's like pretty reasonably priced. I think it was like $40 for it, which is, you know, I mean, not cheap, cheap, but guys, I don't want to tell you the stuff I've been spending my money on <laughs> in this lockdown. So that was quite reasonable. Okay, so that was my skincare rec. My fourth recommendation is just straight up real estate porn. It is a online estate agent based in the UK called The Modern House. Oh my god, oh. Uh, don't tell me about this. It's too good. I'm it's so good. They so they call themselves like a design forward estate agent and they sell like the most Ooh. incredible houses. I want all of these. Oh, it's 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 torture. It's amazing, but it is torture. So like think original like modernist architectural masterpieces in Sussex that have never been renovated and are like in pristine condition or like heavenly Georgian townhouses in West London or like amazing big artist lofts. Like they just have like every imagined dream life you've ever like fantasized about if you've ever been in London like wandering around like they have the setting for you so if you're someone who likes to like daydream before you go to sleep I actually highly recommend checking this out and like picking the dressing for your like the setting for your daydream it's great so there's there's two parts to the site they've just got listings so if you've got like a spare six million pounds like go and browse and see what you want to buy but they also have a journal that does profiles and interviews they'll do like little video profiles of houses um, house tours that kind of thing but honestly I just like I said I love to click through all the listings and like daydream about the kind of life where I live in like a perfectly maintained 60s like modernist dream house in a birch grove in like Sussex this is an excellent recommendation 
I love it. Their Instagram is also great for a follow. They have a newsletter. It's just like escapist real estate heaven. Awesome. Very good. I think they also have a podcast, but like the point is the visuals. The point is like looking at the floor plans and being like, hmm, interesting layout. Now where would my couch go? As though you were ever going to buy it. Like that's why you follow. You don't follow to listen to them talk about houses. No. Anyway, so that's the modern house. I have warned you, it will make Sydney real estate prices seem somewhat reasonable. Um, True. That doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> it does, right? Okay. So my fifth recommendation is for a catchy tune. It is Donna Lewis, I Love You Always Forever. I am at the point of my alone time where I play music while I cook dinner and I sing along very, very loudly. Amazing. Like, Like I'm belting like it is solo karaoke every single night these days. Um, And this song is like the perfectly in my cruisy late 90s pop wheelhouse. It's got a chorus that you kind of like sing along to. You could stride when you're walking down the street to it, like my other favorites. Um, (laughs) And it's just got like a real fun, jaunty groove. Like you can really like, it's a pick up the wooden spoon and like serenade your housemate with it. It's just, I don't know what else you want from a song to sing along to in the kitchen, really. It just kind of like perks you right up. Oh, that's... That sounds exactly what I need. Put it on as soon as this finishes. You're going to have a great night. Yeah, I'm like, I want to put it on now, but I can't because we're recording. So So that is Donna Lewis, I Love You Always Forever. Also, uh, it's not quite a karaoke song that you would do with other people, but just good for a, you know, Friday afternoon, Friday evening in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And so that's it. That That is my fifth five, my fifth five. Before we sign off, I do want to do a little reminder about our subscriber only EDM, which this month coming out this Sunday is about the joy and the skills of living alone. All the best tips and tricks to make living alone be the best living arrangement you could have. As we said, coming out this Sunday, you can sign up at highlyenthused.substack.com. It is only $5 a month and every month you get an extra special newsletter that no one else gets access to. Um, But if you sign up, you will also get access to our entire paid archive and there's some gems in there for sure, like Sophie's Ode to her favorite Airbnbs, which you can bookmark all of them for future travels. A dating guide, again, maybe bookmark for future travels. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Some baby stuff. There's all sorts of goodies in there. So you should definitely sign up so you can get access to that. And thanks again to Liminal for supporting this episode. If you're curious about joining the fast-paced world of startups, register for this free online series coming up from August 16 to 20 at startmate.com forward slash Liminal. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. See you soon. Ciao.